welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti. My guest this evening is Joe Gilletti, who is the DOT Commissioner for the State of Connecticut. Commissioner Gilletti, how are you? Very good. Good to see you again. You too, my friend. Good to see you. Welcome. Well, welcome back. I'm glad to be back. What's new? There's a lot new. Well, there's a lot <laughs> new, but let's start with what's new with you. I think this is 17 years in and 500 shows. This show? is 17 years in, and show, the, tonight is actually show number 500 of the Pete Mazzetti Show. So if I have it right, if our facts are right, yeah. then you've done more episodes than both MASH okay, and Seinfeld combined. Probably. No, that's, Probably. they gave it to me as a fact, and I've got to take it that when they do their research, it's usually pretty accurate. All right. So, All right. But I, I'm, I'm actually delighted that you've asked Thank me you. back. We had, Thank last you. time we were here, you said that you would, and I really appreciate being part of your 500th show. Well, thank you for coming down. Thanks for coming down. So what's new at DOT? Well, there's a lot new, but. Well, there's a lot new. If, let's, let's start by focusing on some of the most positive stuff that's going on, sure. and that's that, um, Thanks to the state legislature, they've uh -huh. given me the matching funds to be able to draw down as much federal funds as possible. Okay. And we've gotten more in terms of federal funds this year than I have probably seen in the 51 years that I've been involved in transportation. Right. We've um, been recipients of a lot of grants, including grants for you know, new buses, uh, grants for working on our, our bridges, grants for working on our, on our rail system. Uh, we've actually this year kicked off the shoreline east using the M8s. That took quite a while to get in, but you know we had to wait for Amtrak to finish their electrification, which they did a few years back. Okay. Uh, but then making sure that the power grid would be able to sustain the M8s running over there. So now we've got M8s running on the shoreline. So we are very eco-friendly in terms of making sure that you know. Uh, we're moving from a diesel operation to an all-electric operation on Shoreline East. And eventually I'm hoping that we'll see the same thing on the Hartford line and the Waterbury and the Danbury lines where we can run all electric equipment the same way we're looking to use a lot more of the electric buses out there. So a lot of very, very positive things going on in the state and um, I'm tremendously indebted to our congressional delegation. Yep and to the state delegation that turned around and made sure that we were in a position to be able to draw down funds and, and do the match in order to get those federal funds. So a lot of big projects. Uh, we'll be announcing some things with the Gold Star tomorrow. Um, you know, we've been successful at uh, a number of, you know, um, bridge projects that we're doing. And yep. the, you know, we talked, I think, the last time a little bit about the Mixmaster. Yes, with, that's know. right, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, no matter where you want to go in the state, there's a story to be told, and, and again, it's one of those nice times for us because they're very positive stories to talk about. Absolutely. Now, one of the other one of the other things we talked about last time we were together was the train station renovations, particularly yes. the one in my hometown of Clinton, <laughs> which is absolutely beautiful. I was by it the other day. Yeah, and and uh, you know that it's it's. Nice to be able to see those changes, yeah. making sure that you know we've met all the ADA requirements. That you know that um, it it truly does become a welcoming front for the town, uh, and you know it makes for a nice relationship between the town and the rail systems okay. as you go to do that. So okay. it's a great way. Again, it's tying in our mass transit systems, whether or not it's our bus systems, our highways, but making sure that everything we're doing we're doing with a good public purpose going forward. So there was again one that you know 
the governor was there to go celebrate. We mm -hmm. have, again, our congressional delegation, our state delegation right. that we have to thank for making sure that we could make that possible, and it was a good investment, showing well. Absolutely. Now, how has ridership been since the pandemic to where we are now? The one that's the slowest is coming back right now is Shoreline East. Now, okay. I think we'll start to see that pop back a little bit more as, you know, we've added trains on now, so there's more service that's out there. Yep. Hartford Line came back strong. Did probably it? Probably up to the 70th percentile in terms of pre-pandemic. Um, Metro North took a, it was coming back strong. Uh, then we had that, that next wave of COVID, so mm -hmm. it, it kind of slowed it down. Um, they're some running somewhere in the 60th percentile to 70th percentile of pre-pandemic. Okay. But the um, interesting thing is what came back first on that line was the weekend ridership. Really? Yeah, because it seemed that people wanted to get out and it was reflected in the amount of people that were going down. And the other thing that was going on, I think I told you the last time, we had a seven-state call going and yeah. we knew how Boston was reacting and New York were reacting in terms of the companies and whether or not they were bringing all their employees back. And I think what you've seen change in the last couple of months is where there was so much of the telework that we're going to see it going into the future. But the other end that started to happen was as these businesses started to come into the hybrid, first it was bringing them back one or two days, mm -hmm. now they're getting into three days, and now a lot of them are talking about getting people back in four and five days right. into the office, and that has a direct effect on the ridership. Right. So what it's meant for Metro North, and you know, uh, actually for all of our lines, what's been very, very interesting is, what would you think are the three highest ridership days now? Three highest ridership days now? During the week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Because if you think <laughs> about it, okay. how many people, if you're given the option of telework, right? Okay, most people try to opt to have the teleworking be on Monday and Friday. Right. So it's being reflected in the ridership as well, where people are going exactly. down Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So they're only going to the office three days a week. If they're going in only three days a week. Exactly. Yeah. So, All right. so we're seeing that. And it's also had an effect because you know, we were already looking at what the new rush hours were going to be when a lot of people had gone to four 10-hour days or three 12-hour days. Right. So people were leaving earlier in the morning and later in the evening. So that also had an effect on people buying the monthly passes. Yep. So a lot of things that were taken into consideration as we're trying to realize between the what I'll call the hybrid situation of mm -hmm. telework and, um, you know, commuting in, what the new mantra is going to be or the new model for people riding in is going to be so we're spending a lot of time you know as the rail in the rail systems looking at that now the other thing that we didn't talk about was yep. the highway side the highway side was back to over a hundred percent okay which has been a problem because right. people learn to drive well not learn to drive they <laughs> took advantage of the not being a lot of cars out there oh yeah to going very very fast on our highways oh yeah and they haven't slowed down, and the accident rates are horrific. Yeah. And uh, we keep trying to put a message out there to please slow down because, you know, we've you know we've been having our truck that follows our gangs and make sure that they're safe. Yep. That has been hit almost 77 times. Really? Uh, yes. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's 
it's a tough situation because every one of those could wipe out an entire work gang. So, Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're very, very concerned about the safety aspect. Everything we try to do, we're also doing in terms of looking at it from the safety perspective going exactly. forward. As a matter of fact, I was in, I was out on the shoreline last week and my dad and I were going to Costco in East Lyme. Okay. They were cutting the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They yeah. Were cut, I'm like, what are they doing? My dad's like, they're cutting the lawn. I'm like, no. He's like, look. I'm like, oh, they are. <laughs> well, you know, th there's a balance there too because what we've been also trying to do, being environmentally conscious, yeah. is uh, you know right now they encourage you to let certain areas grow mm -hmm. because we're trying to save the bee population yeah, and the exactly. butterfly population. <laughs> Excuse me. And anyways, um, you know, it's the other thing when people talk about what is the, the workers do that maintain our highways. Well, aside from putting up guardrails, aside from plowing the snow, yep. they have to maintain line of sight. So right. that's why you'll see them out there doing the lawns, trying yep. to keep it within, uh, you know, an, an acceptable level at the same time that we're trying to encourage, <coughs> excuse me, the, um, the growth of the, the plants that will turn around and, and allow for the bees and the butterflies to come in. Absolutely. Now let's talk about the Hartford line and sure. exactly what they're doing up there because I know I've seen <laughs> on the news that they're, they're swi they switch to buses for the commuters. And You know, I'm glad, you know, I, I've said this before, you do us a public service when you turn yeah. around and get this information out. So there was a lot of misinformation that went out there that said we were shutting the line down to go and put buses out there. Right. What we actually did was we run the rush hours, the, okay. the, f the first couple of trains in the morning and the, first and the last couple of trains in the evening during the rush hour. All right. But then what we do is we take the tracks out of service and run buses so that way there we can get the construction done. Uh, what they're trying to do is all the awnings over the tracks and everything else were falling apart. Okay. okay? Um, so we're trying to make it that, again, um, environmentally uh, responsive, um, making it so that people can be under there and not worry about the rain coming through and everything else. Yeah, right. And, you know, the entire job has to be completed. And by doing it the way we're doing it now, we've cut off a couple of months of construction. Okay. And we've saved about $2 million. Oh, all right. So um, in the long run, that means that, you know, it, it allows us to keep our operating expenses down while we're trying to get through this. And I know, you know, for some people, um, it's discouraging to have to get on a bus in the, in the middle of the day, but it's the best of, best of the options when we looked at what was the best way to go and get this construction done there because it's needed to be done for a long time. Um, you know, we put that line into service. It was the fastest growing line up until the pandemic hit in terms of the ridership. Okay. And uh, we're now seeing it come back as well. And when you put buses out there, you will lose some of the riders during that transition period. Mm -hmm. But I'm expecting them back strong when we go forward. And from what I understand, you recently got an award. Oh, I haven't gotten it yet. It's supposed well, to come in, in October, but they've um, announced it. Yeah, okay, well yeah. then, a little birdie who shall remain nameless <laughs> informed me of an award that we're, get, that we're getting. Tell us about it. The, um, there's basically two operations or two big groups that, that we work with. There's many that we work with, okay, okay as, as you, you know, know that we have WTS, which is the women, we have Comto which is the Conference of Minority Transportation mm -hmm. Officials, but we also have the American Public Transit Association, which okay. we call APTA, 
and we have AASHTO, which is the American uh, State Highway Transit officials. Okay. APTA turned around and this year um, they choose one person in the industry that they want to acknowledge for their contributions to the industry. So um, I, I, I tongue-in-cheek say it only took 51 years for them to recognize what <laughs> right. I've done, but um, it's really, really an honor to okay. have gotten that. Well, I haven't received it yet, but I'm supposed to get it in uh, October, and uh, they, they put a press announcement out on it, and I've gotten a lot of very, very nice uh, accolades from both within my industry and from the people that work here in the state as well for that award. Well, Thank congrats. you for bringing it up. Yeah, no problem. So speaking of industry, one thing we didn't talk about when we first started the show is your background, <laughs> and especially especially in the industry. So let's 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 back up a little bit and start where you started from. Okay, I, what happened was in I was I went to Southern Connecticut, and in okay. 1970 is when I started at Southern. Um, so that year, um, this, the first or second year in, they brought us all in. I wanted to be a teacher, okay? I was going to be a high school teacher. Okay. And Southern canceled the teaching program and changed all their degrees from BS, Bachelor of Science degrees, to liberal arts degrees because they said there was a glut in the market and no room for more teachers coming into the market. All right. That summer uh, of 71, you always remember your start date because it's how your seniority is based. Exactly. So 6971, um, today they would call it an assistant conductor job. Back then they called it a brakeman's position. So I worked right in New Haven at Cedar Hill, right by North Haven line, okay. pulling pins on the freight jobs, and then you would work the passenger lines. And at that time you worked Penn Central and Amtrak, okay? So oh, wow. you'll be called for a passenger job one day, a freight job another, sometimes going out on the road on freight. But my very first job was pulling pins as a, they had two gravity humps in Cedar Hill and you would pull the pins so the cars would drop down and then they'd separate them out to which trains they were going to be classified from there in New Haven. Right. So I went from being um, on the conductor side of it to 1975. I got married and I got an opportunity to become a locomotive engineer in um, Boston, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. So uh, my, my wife, Rebecca, who I met at, at Southern and I moved to Boston. We lived in Quincy and I started working out of South Station as, as a fireman and locomotive engineer. And um, I would still have been up in Boston, but in uh, 77, they decided to give the contract. They pulled it away from Conrail and gave it to the B&M, so we all lost our position. So I went to Springfield as a locomotive engineer. Okay. And then in, in 1977 to 79, I got my first offer to be what they called a road foreman between Syracuse, New York, and New York City. So uh, yeah. that was my first management job, and that began a long career in management. So I went from being um, a road foreman to being, uh, I was offered the opportunity to teach the engineer school in New Haven. Okay. Conrail had an engineer school. And from being an engineer in New Haven, when the school shut down, because again, you know, freight was down, so Conrail shut the engineer school down, I went down to New York as the assistant manager of operating rules. Mm -hmm. Uh, wrote, uh, co-wrote with a group of people the rule books for Conrail, and then Vinnie Marlowe and myself wrote the first Metro North rule book, 
and uh, which is still in existence today. And went from writing a rule book to being the superintendent on the New Haven and Harlem lines to All right. process engineering where we treated a public agency like a private company and went through to look at all their business practices and uh, then got offered a job down in Florida with a new start called TriRail and we changed that into a regional authority and then I got called back that this is the part you would know is that 2014 after Metro North had all the accidents yep. I was asked to come on back and be the president of Metro North they had at that time five NTSB investigations that's the National Transportation yep. Safety Board mm -hmm. and I had 75 FRA agents on the property uh, because they felt that you know there was a lot of serious problems there and Within two years, Metro North went back to being the premier in terms of safety in the industry. And uh, the next thing was I get a call from a governor that says, would you come on over and be a commissioner? And so you, said, sure. you got the whole story. Okay, there, you there you go. go. <laughs> there you go. Well, Commissioner, would you mind sticking around for another segment? Yeah, of course. All right, we'll be right back. Hey world, I have a quick message. It's about safe driving. All right, let's go. Anytime you're driving, have the seatbelt buckle tight, both hands on the wheel and your phone out of sight. We're not in your hand trying to text somebody back because if you do, your car might get smacked. The moral of the story, just put your phone down. The people on the road will stay safe and sound. Put your phone down, put your phone down. People on the road will stay safe and sound. Yeah. <laughs> Community TV. Your neighborhood TV. Publicly funded and a reliable partner for cable companies nationwide. It provides transparent coverage of local and state government, education, and public programming. A digital town green that can be watched anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Watch us on today's high-tech distribution methods. Community TV in Connecticut. Local. Unfiltered. Reliable. And, and yours. yours. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm sitting here with Commissioner Joe Gilletti from the Connecticut Department of Transportation. Commissioner Gilletti, welcome back. Oh, good to be back. Well, thanks for sticking around. All right, Commissioner, what do we want to open up this segment talking about? Your you pick. My pick would be to talk about the fact that I really need to have a focus on safety. As I started to mention to you sure. before, yeah. the, what's going on on our highways, the cars are driving way too fast, and I said there's been a load of horrific accidents. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we're working with the state police. We've got a very good relationship with them. Yep. And I think it's time that, you know, we keep getting that message out there. And that's another thing you can help us with. Yeah. Uh, obviously, one of the ways to help is get people on the mass transit so they're not out there on the highway. But yeah. the other end of it is that, you know, uh, and it's nothing I'm going to tell you that you're not going to hear from everybody else that's been on the highways. You know, people are driving extremely fast, Absolutely. losing control, going down ramps. And uh, it's put all of us in harm's way. So it's not just whether or not it's the, the employees or the state police, even the other drivers that are getting hit by this, you know, uh, the people that are doing it. The other thing that we've had is there's been a lot of discussion about wrong way drivers that right. get on the highway. Oh, yeah. Well, I just to share the information with you, we're seeing uh, about 80% of those wrong way drivers are coming in um, under the influence. Oh. So it's, again, a social problem as well as it is an operating problem, but we're going to be doing a lot of things. We've been trying experiments with different lights for when they come up the exit ramp that mm -hmm. will go and alert them to it. So you're going to see us trying a lot more on that end because we really, as an agency, are focused on how do we make it safer for everybody. 
and as well when we talk about what went on on 91. Remember the last time we were talking about the fact that when you were going up north on 91 to go to 84, it had a yep. right-hand exit, but we yeah. were going to a left-hand with two lanes? Correct. Well, the reason you do that isn't just because you want to make things go faster. Right. It's because you take a look at the volume of accidents from people that are shifting lanes and you say, okay, how can we avoid that? And by giving a double lane exit there, we have tremendously reduced any of the backup that's there. So we've done the same thing coming with 91, you know, when you're coming up 91 and 15 comes in, mm -hmm. but the next one we're gonna have to work on, for example, is 91 going south. You know, you get 691 there and then yep. 15. Every single day, and particularly on Sundays, mm -hmm. a massive backup, and then people running down the left lane to try and cut into the right lane to get in there. Yep. Um, there's another one that we have to come up with a solution to try and make it a double lane exit going off there. Excuse me. So from, from the perspective of what we do, we don't just do it in order to show that we can get the better speeds out there. We're doing it because we're trying to make all of our highways safer and reduce those bottlenecks that are out there so right. that we keep people moving along. So got some great stories coming on in terms of, you know, like even when we did the Gold Star Bridge, we did mm -hmm. one side, but now we've got to go and do the other side. Ah. So the one side can take the heavier trucks. Right. The other side, one of the things we found through the pandemic was we couldn't let the heavier trucks go across it. So then there's like a 23-mile detour they've got to do with the heavier trucks to get through. Mm. And we don't ever want to be in a position again going into the future that we're, we're an impairment to moving goods and services through. So again, um, you know, uh, I know you've talked before about having the congressman here. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, he is tremendously involved oh, yeah. in that. Joe Courtney turned around to go and do that, and, and you know, <laughs> we, we, you know, you got you know Joe Joe working on that one, and I'll I'll be with him uh, tomorrow to go and talk about that. And you know, you know that you know we we're very very fortunate. We have the chairwoman of appropriations. Um, do we also even across the line, Richie Neal on infrastructure? Okay. So that helped us on the Hartford line because he's looking to go and see a lot of that service come across that way. So. Even on the rail side and on the bus side, I'm going to pitch that what we're doing in terms of offering alternatives and getting people off the road is all to make it safer for the Connecticut people. Speaking of getting people off the road, one of the things that I've noticed recently, I was down in Fairfield County not long ago and coming across the Wilbur Cross, trucks on the road. Uh. No. Yeah. They're not, they're, they're not, I don't think they're allowed. No, they are not allowed. I don't okay, think, the I don't only think ones so. that have ever been allowed was during emergency right. time when it's the trucks that are responding, you know, uh, again, um, or plowing the electric, road. you know, in other right. words, if they're running the wires and things like that, that has been allowed. But yes, that does happen. We catch them, you know, and the other thing is that a lot of times they'll get on there and the next thing you know, you got a bridge strike because they're too tall and they go into <laughs> the base of a bridge. So Yeah, right. Yep, it's, it's, it is an issue. Uh, looking into a number of things on that end as well. And I've told you, I really would love to get you over. Maybe we can do one of the shows so you can see. We now have over 300 cameras that are out there constantly monitoring what's going on on our highway system. Really? Yeah. Oh, and excellent. Another thing that you're going to see, and, and we've got the money for it right now, and we're working. It's going to take several years. But every we control as a DOT mm -hmm. more traffic signals than all the other states in, in New England combined. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. And those traffic signals 
our design that they're all independent of each other. What we're doing now is we're coming in with the intelligent traffic signals that we're linking back into our control centers. Not only will we have the ability to keep traffic moving, mm -hmm. but those, cam those, those lights also have built-in cameras that allow them to figure out how much traffic is coming through. And if a game gets out, for example, they can line themselves up to keep all the traffic moving to the highway so they are in sync, keeping traffic moving along. So you gain on two factors there. One, you're able to move people through faster. And two, the fact that you're not providing as many stop and goes, you're also reducing the carbon. And that's right. another thing that we're very, very proud of is that we're doing everything we can to become carbon neutral, carbon friendly, and looking at ways to reduce the, you know, the consumption of gas, including the fact that we've now put in charging stations. Mm -hmm. right. um, you know, we put, put one of them in already, and um, the, if you looked at Biden's plan in the infrastructure, they want to put in 500,000 more throughout the country to make sure that people can start making that move to electric vehicles. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty impressive. It is, it is. And it's the right thing to go and do for the environment. And, you know, I had to come onto this job to learn that, you know, a lot of the burning of fossil fuels throughout the Midwest blows across the country to here, meets the Atlantic current and deposits. So right. we're kind of called the tailpipe of the nation. And that's exactly. why we have so many cases of asthma and everything else. So we're trying to do everything we can to reduce that and not have us be generators of that carbon going forward. So very good relationship we have with DEEP, very yeah. good relationship we have with the Department of Housing to make sure as we put in housing, we're doing it in a way that it ties into mass transit systems so that we're doing the, you know, people want to live in livable, workable communities and we're doing everything we can to make that happen. Absolutely, absolutely. Now we've got a little bit more time left, but if you want more information on the DOT or scheduling, where should they go? Just that, well, all you got to do is go to the, go to <laughs> ConnecticutDOT.gov. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, and you know, you'll see Governor Lamont there, and yep. you know, it's been great having a governor that, as well yeah. who has been entirely focused on. There isn't a time he says to me, "Is there a way to do it better? Is there a way to make it safer and faster?" And it's nice having that as a constant mantra whispering in your ear. I haven't met him yet. He seems like a very nice guy. Well, you're going to have to have him here. Well, I'll have to tell him. Well, by all means, I'll, I'll pass on the word oh, for you. Would, that, would, that, would be, that would be awesome. I think that would be a lot of fun. Sure. But we're about to run out of time. So, Commissioner Gilletti, I want to thank you for oh, coming down. You know, and I, I do. I appreciate it. And congratulations yeah. on your 500th well, show. I mean, that, what a milestone. That's fantastic. Hopefully, we'll see you again soon. I hope so. It's right. up to you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I'll be having Commissioner Joe Gilletti. I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks. Good night. We'll see you next week.